keep it short, but now we've got plenty of time, so I'm going to keep you here for as long as possible. No, um, there's so many things I want to say this morning, um, but before I really start, I wanted to um, thank all of you. Um, over the past few weeks, I've started a new job as a um, ministry apprentice, um, so I'm doing full-time ministry at the universities um, on North Terrace, and um, a lot of you have come up and asked me, hey, so what does that involve, what does that entail, how can I support you? Um, and that's been really encouraging, and I just want to uh, thank you for that and to encourage you to keep uh, coming and chatting with me um, and asking me what it's all about. Um, but also, if you want some more detailed information, I've got a bit of a pamphlet um, that I've prepared um, that's just out on the table where there's the other um, pamphlets and things, so uh, please grab that. I'd love you to uh, have a read through it and uh, get a bit of a sense of uh, what I'm doing with my working week. Um, and yeah, I'd just love to continue to have your support. So uh, that'd be great if you could do that um, and really encouraging and I hope encouraging for you. But we haven't come here to talk about me. Uh, we've come here to talk about uh, God's Word and we've come here to talk about our wonderful Saviour. So would you please join with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we pray that as we come to your word, uh, that you would reveal things to us that maybe we haven't seen before, or maybe you reveal it in a new way to us, Lord. Um, we pray that we would uh, take action from today, that we might leave this place and uh, think about ways that we might glorify you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we are going to discuss the Tower of Babel. Now, the Tower of Babel is one of the interesting Bible stories at the start of the Bible in Genesis chapter 11. And I wanted to do the Tower of Babel because I was thinking as we're starting this new series on the first Sunday of a month, we're going to be going through the classic Bible story, stories that you might hear from Sunday school. And as I was thinking about what story I might want to do, I was reading through a bit through Genesis and I got to the Tower of Babel and something just stood out to me and as I was reading through it, God just said, this is the one we're going to go for. So, those of you who already know this story may recall that um, this is the biblical account of the arrival of many different languages and the scattering of people across the earth after they build this large tower. And seeing as this story is about towers and this is a family service, I thought we'd have a bit of a tower building competition between some of the young folk. Now, it's their loss because that means they're not really listening to the sermon, but that's, uh, they're going to have some fun. So, um, with the youngest four, the youngest four people are going to participate. So, that's Anna, Howard, Elsa, and who is the youngest out of you two boys? Shian? You can participate in a second. You, um, the challenge is for them is that they are not allowed to communicate with each other. They're not allowed to speak, which is handy because that means you guys can hear me, but it's also partly in line with the story. So you guys have your resources down here and you are allowed to build as tall a tower as you can, but you can't talk with each other, okay? So this will be fun. So if you get bored of me, you can just zone out for a few minutes and watch how the tower building's going. But, um, go. Um, one of the things is, 
that the kids in our church also speak various languages. We've got a really, actually quite a diverse range of people. And so I wanted to ask a few of them to come and read the Bible for us in their native language, which is really exciting. So before you get too involved there, Shian, I want to invite Shian and Ruvon up to read our passage from uh, Genesis chapter 11 in Afrikaans. So oh, here we go. Who's going first? You? All right, it's just the leader microphone here. Josh, speak nice and loud. Josh, we got the leader microphone going. Yeah. Sue is the skipping full toy. The Yemo Dabur and the other he under. And alles in the Yemo and up the other. Op die siebende dag was God klaar met alles wat hij gemaakt het en het hij gerust na al zijn werk. Toe zien God die siebende dag, hij het bepaald dat het afgezonden moet worden van die andere dag, omdat hij op daar die dag gerust het, nadat hij zijn skippingswerk gedaan het. Die vertelling die skipping van die hemel en die aarde is hiermee voltooi. Toe die Heere God die aarde en die hemel gemaakt het, het daar nog geen strijke of groen gras gegroei nie. Want die Heere God het dit nog nie laat reen nie. Daar was nog niemand wat die grond kon bewerk nie. Na, maar wat hy het uit die aarde geborrel so en so is die grond gemaakt. Toe vorm die Heere God een menselijke lichaam uit die stof van die aarde. Nadat hy die asem van die lewe daarin geblaas het, het het een levende wezen die mens geword. Daarna het die Heere God een tuin in Eden in die ooste geplant. Hy het die mens wat hy geskip het daarin laat woon. Die Heere God het ook verschillende soorten bome in die tuin geplant. Dit was mooie bome met heerlijke vruchten. Die boom van die leven het hy in die midden van die tuin geplant en ook die boom van alle kennis. Isn't that beautiful? I love hearing people read the Bible in other languages. But uh, most of us don't speak or understand Afrikaans, so I'm going to uh, read for us in English as well. So please open up your Bibles if you have them in front of you to Genesis chapter 11. I'm going to have it on the screen as well, um, but just to give you some time to do that, um, I want to I just give us some context to where we are in the Bible at this point. We're in Genesis chapter 11, so we've had 10 chapters of the Bible, and um, I just want to do a really quick overview of what we've seen already as we start reading the Bible. In the first two chapters of Genesis, God creates the world. He creates it good. In chapter 3, we see humanity corrupt the world. Humanity sins and disobeys God. And we see a really intense moment in chapter 4 where Cain uh, kills his brother. And that's the first human blood that is shed in the Bible. Humanity then spreads out over the, over the earth, but it becomes wicked and sin spreads with them. 
So Noah, God raises up Noah and he starts again with him and his family. That's Genesis 6 through 9. And then in Genesis 10, we have a genealogy from Noah up until the story of the Tower of Babel. So again, humanity spreads. That's where we are when we come to the start of this story of the Tower of Babel. So now I'm going to read. And this is in the NIRV, which is the New International Reader's Version. Um, it's actually really helpful for uh, younger kids and for people who English is a second language because it tries to simplify a lot of the English grammar that can be really complicated. So um, oh, that's why I've gone with this translation for today. So let's read. The whole world had only one language and everyone spoke it. They moved to the east and found a broad valley in Babylon and there they made their home. They said to one another, come on, let's make bricks and bake them well. They used bricks instead of stones. They used tar to hold the bricks together. Then they said, come on, let's build a city for ourselves. Let's build a tower that reaches to the sky. We'll make a name for ourselves. Then we won't be scattered over the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. He said, all these people are united and speak the same language. That is why they can do all of this. Now they will be able to do anything that they plan. Come on, let us go down and mix up their language. Then they will not be able to understand one another. So the Lord scattered them from there over the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. There the Lord mixed up the language of the whole world. That's why the city was called Babel. From there, the Lord scattered them over the whole earth. Now, I want to quickly break down this passage into a few smaller pieces to sort of highlight a few things. Um, and as I go through it, I want you to notice some of the key words and phrases, some of the things, the words that are repeated. Um, I've got some of them I've got highlighted as we go through this passage again. Verses 1 and 2 really just set up the story. We've come from the first 10 chapters, we know where we are, and then we start talking specifically. And they give us a situation and the people and the place. There was everyone, they all spoke one language, and they moved to a particular place in the east. They give us a good situation. Then we come to verses 3 and 4, and we start getting the story to unfold. It tells us that the people begin to manufacture bricks to, to build their buildings, instead of using stones that they just find lying around. And this meant that they could build taller and more stable structures than before. So they decided to work together to build a city with a tower reaching to the sky. And then God comes down and he messes things up with them. He confuses their language. And you think, well, why? What, what was wrong with building a tower? We have enormous skyscrapers today. What was wrong with them working together? What was wrong with them having one language? 
that, that doesn't seem like a reason to change and shake up people's languages and make it confusing. Well, it wasn't wrong because they decided to work together. Working together for a common goal wasn't a bad thing. Their problem was that their ambition was to make a name for themselves. They didn't seek to glorify God. That's what verse 4 comes and says. We'll make a name for ourselves, and then we won't be scattered over the whole earth. They didn't desire to glorify God, which is actually what God created us to do. Later on, we, after many things, we find Isaiah. He comes and he says this, Bring back everyone who belongs to me. And this is God speaking. I created them to bring glory to me. I formed them and made them. That's what humanity is for, is to glorify God. And these people weren't glorifying God, they were glorifying themselves. That's what they wanted to do with their tower. So it wasn't the building of the tower that was a problem, it's that they were doing it for their own glory. God noticed that people weren't doing what they should have been doing. The Lord came down and saw the city and he remarks about a few things. In verse 6, he notices that people were united, that they didn't want to scatter. He also sees how powerful human cooperation can be. Have you ever read that end of verse 6? Now they will be able to do anything that they plan because they had a united language. Anything. That's pretty remarkable. And I think today we actually see a little bit of that because communication and technology has allowed us to be able to speak a common language pretty much. And so we can do amazing things. But why did God mix up the language? Why scatter everyone? Was God just trying to make like life difficult? Was he just trying to make it hard for us? Was he worried that we could achieve things that were greater than he could achieve? No. He wasn't worried about that at all. In fact, verses 8 and 9 tell us that God decides to scatter us. Actually, so that humanity could begin to glorify God and to begin to fulfill its call what humans were supposed to do. They weren't doing it yet. And what he did by scattering them was help them do that. The Lord scattered them over the whole earth. He mixed up the languages and scattered them. It seems to be important because it's repeated a number of times. He's trying to, the, the writer is trying to emphasize something. And it makes me think of Genesis chapter 1. Verse 28, sorry, which says um, that humanity was supposed to fill the earth. That was their, their call, was to subdue the earth and to fill it. Yet they hadn't done that. They'd gathered in one place. And so God was actually helping them by scattering their language and helping them to actually go out and fulfill what they were called to do. People had been disobedient by not going and filling the whole earth, by staying in that broad valley in Babylon. So God sort of helped them on their way, even though 
they had wronged him and they hadn't glorified him. He actually helped them on their way. But this whole situation didn't catch God by surprise either. It was actually all part of God's plan to create diversity and distinctiveness. Now I'm going to come more, I'm going to talk more about that towards the end. Uh, But first, I want you to sort of call out maybe a few of those phrases that you noticed were repeated that seemed really key um, throughout that passage. So, this is the interactive part of the sermon. So, just whichever, whatever things that you wanted to, whatever things that you saw were repeated in that, uh, in that passage. Scattered. The whole earth, yes. Come, let us, yes. Mm. Language, yes. That's great. Mm-hmm. There's the idea of building, yeah. That's great, that's pretty much all of the ones that I've got on my list. Um, the other interesting thing is that, um, that I noticed that wasn't a repeated phrase, but it was really key, was the idea that God came down. God came down to see them in their city. They were trying to reach the heavens with their building. They couldn't do it, but God came down to us. I think that's fascinating. Um, these ideas, these ideas are actually going to pop up in, in the other passages that I want to look at today. I was supposed to do the Tower of Babel, but I was just so excited with how it was linking up with all these other passages that I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about more than one story. <laughs> but before we talk about the new passage, I just want to give you, again, some context as we come to that passage. After the Tower of Babel, God's plan continues to unfold. Many, many amazing things happen over thousands of years and we eventually meet Jesus. At this time, God's people, the Jews, were scattered all over the world after the world-conquering Greeks and Romans had taken over their land and they'd been scattered throughout the whole world. Many of them have actually come to Jerusalem from all over the world for the celebration of the Passover and Pentecost. Jesus has recently died. He's been raised from the dead and has actually just ascended to heaven a few days ago. And whilst he was alive, he told his followers to wait for the Holy Spirit. And that's where we find ourselves with those followers at the start of Acts chapter 2, and we're going to have our next Bible reading, so would you please invite up Manjira and Noella and Arpita? Oh no, just Manjira? Just, just Noella? Okay. So Manjira is going to read for us in, what, what, what was the name? Telingu? And Noella is going to read for us in English. Reading from God's Word. Apostle Kariamlu, Rando Adhyayama. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. 
పెంతికొస్తున్న పండుగ దినమున వచ్చినప్పుడు అందరూ ఒక చోటు కూడి ఉండిరి అప్పుడు వేగముగా వీచు బలమైన గాలి వంటి ఒక ధ్వని ఆకాశము నుండి అకస్మాత్తుగా వారి కూర్చున్న వారి కూర్చున్నయుండ ఇల్లంతయు నిండెను మరియు అగ్ని జ్వాలలు వంటి నాలుకలు విభాగింపబడినట్టుగా వారికి కనబడి వారిలో ఒక్కొక్కరు మీద వాళ్ళగా అందరూ పరిశుద్ధాత్మతో నింపబడిన వారై ఆ ఆత్మ వారికి శక్తి అనుగ్రహించిన కొలది అన్య భాషలతో మాట్లాడి ఆ కాలమున ఆకాశము క్రింద నుండి ప్రతి జనములో నుంచి వచ్చిన భక్తి గల యూదులు ఎరుషలేములో కాపురముండి ఆ శబ్దము ఈ శబ్దము కలగగా జనులు గుంపులుగా కూడివచ్చి ప్రతి మనుష్యుడు తన స్వభాషలో వారి మాట్లాడు మాట్లాడుట విని కలవరపడిరి అంతటా అందరూ విభ్రాంతి పొంది ఆశ్చర్యపడి ఇదిగో మాకు మాటలాడుచున్న వీరందరూ గలీలేవారకారా మనలో ప్రతివారు తమ పుట్టిన దేశ భాషలో వీరు మాట్లాడుట మనం వినుచున్నామే ఇది ఏమి Uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 8. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be the th- tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was sta- now they were standing in Jerusalem god-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven when they heard this sound a crowd came from to, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard them speaking in his own language utterly amazed asked are, are not all of these who are speaking galileans then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language thank you This is the story of the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost. This and the story of the Tower of Babel are linked in many ways. I'm not sure if you noticed some of those key words and phrases, those all those similar ideas were popping up in that same in that passage. In particular, I noticed a few things. At Babel, the languages became confused. In Jerusalem, Jerusalem is the city of Shalom, the city of peace. And if we've spoken about Shalom a few times, that Shalom is a restoration, a bringing together, a uniting, reconciliation, a wholeness. Suddenly these people begin to speak other languages and other people could understand them. They came from over the entire world and they could hear their own language. instead of separation and confusion like at babel at babel 
there began a restoration to wholeness. People were gathered in one place again, like at Babel. But they were being united rather than scattered. They came from all over the world with their own languages. And the Holy Spirit comes down upon them. Like God coming down to see the Tower at Babel, the Holy Spirit comes down to us. And this has an astounding impact on the people that the Holy Spirit fills. An astounding impact. This time, the people who are gathered together, they, are, they aren't glorifying themselves. They actually glorify God. As we go through, here are these uh, phrases once again, these things that repeated in Acts chapter 2. I should have been skipping through this before, sorry. Um, We come to Acts chapter 2 and verse 11, just a few verses later, after he sort of, uh, Luke has listed a whole heap of different languages that the people were speaking. And it says this, some of the visitors are Jews. Others have accepted the Jewish faith. So there's a whole heap of people in this place hearing this commotion as people are speaking different languages. It says, also Cretans and Arabs are here. We hear all these people speaking about God's wonders in our own language. God's wonders. That's what they are declaring. They are declaring the glory of God, not themselves. This is the key difference between Babel and Pentecost. The Holy Spirit in particular points to the wonderful works of Jesus. We can see this because Peter, who's just been filled by the Holy Spirit, goes on in the next verses to declare this amazing sermon about Jesus and what he did when he was here on earth. It's an amazing sermon. I encourage you to read the last part of Acts chapter 2 when you get the time. God brought the people together in Jerusalem to declare his glory. What happens is that instead of people building a tower, God builds a, builds a temple made from living stones. 1 Peter 2.5 says, You are, speaking of God's people, believers, followers like us, you are also like living stones. As you come to Christ, you are being built into a house for worship. There you will be holy priests. You will offer spiritual sacrifices. God will accept them because of what Jesus Christ has done. Isn't that remarkable? We are that sort of new tower. We are the temple that God is building to glorify His name. We are now fulfilling what God has designed us for when we come together as the body of Christ. God's people have become the place where God's presence rests and the place where he is glorified. It's amongst the people. The ambition of God's people, our ambition, our goal, is to come together to glorify God, not ourselves. Instead of saying, come, let us make a name for ourselves, we say, come on, let us declare the glory of God. Come on, let us work together to build his temple, to invite people to be 
part of this wonderful building. We must go and scatter once again to fill the whole earth with people who are part of this wonderful temple. But notice how they didn't start declaring the wonders of God in one language. It's not a reversal of Babel, a going back to what it was like before. It's actually better. It's uniting multiple languages and multiple cultures together. A uniting of peoples that are each distinct without losing what makes them different. And that is what the church is designed to be. But people are often not yet united in this way. We still live in a time where there is division and animosity between people and cultures. But the Bible gives us a picture of the day we will be totally and completely united with each other and with God in Revelation chapter 7. So, now we have reached the end of our tower building competition. So, would you please come and present your towers and we shall compare the heights. No more changes. Gee whiz, we haven't made much progress, have we? (laughs) All right, let's, let's just show the people. Let's compare that. Let's bring them next to each other. Anna, can you come over here with your structure? So this is Anna and Howard's. It's definitely wider. And this is Elsa and Shian's. I think we're going to have to give it to Anna and Howard. Well done, guys. Please take a seat. Now, Howard is going to stay up with us. And he is going to read Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 12. And he's going to read it in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. He's checking one word with his dad. Because he wants to get it right. And what I've been saying to them is, it doesn't really matter if you get it right, because most of us won't know uh, whether it's right or wrong. But um, it's been great to see how faithful they want to be in reading God's word faithfully and accurately in their own language. It's great. Do you want me to hold this for you? Yes, it's on. Yeah, Yuan 直到永永远远。阿门。Amen. Thanks. I love it. Now I'm going to read this again in English. Um, and before we do, again, I just want to give some context to this passage. 
One day the Apostle John is worshipping God and God gives him a vision. Jesus appears to him. And he gives him a vision of the time to come. In this vision he sees many things that are recorded in the book of Revelation, but one of the things he sees is a lamb slain at the centre of a throne. And that lamb is Jesus. Sorry. And this is where we... That's the important context as we come to this passage. After this I looked, and there in front of me was a huge crowd of people. They stood in front of the throne and in front of the Lamb. There were so many that no one could count them. They came from every nation, tribe and people. It's true, no matter what language they spoke. They were wearing white robes. In their hands they were holding palm branches. They cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. Salvation also belongs to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne. They were standing around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces in front of the throne and worshipped God. They said, Amen. May praise and glory and wisdom be given to our God forever and ever. Give him thanks and honour and power and strength. Amen. people are once again gathered in one place and what are they united around they are united around the throne and the lamb giving him honor glory and praise the lamb jesus is worthy of praise because he gave his life for all humanity he suffered and died and rose again in victory so that we might be forgiven and have eternal life He is worthy of all glory, glory in every language. And as Revelation goes on into chapter 21, we find the new Jerusalem. If we remember the city of peace, there was this moment where the Holy Spirit came down and people began speaking other tongues. In the new Jerusalem, the new city of Shalom, the city of restoration and wholeness, we see it coming down out of heaven like God at the Tower of Babel, like the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. God comes to us and reunites us. Not scattered or confused, but uniting us. Yet we retain our distinctiveness. Note how every tribe and language is there. And this was God's plan all along. To make for himself a people united in worship of him, with each giving him glory in their own distinct way. So what for us? What effect should these stories have on how we live? Well, I think most importantly, we have to examine our lives and see whether our ambition is to glorify God or to glorify ourselves. Do we want to stand around that throne declaring the wonders of God, declaring praise to the Lamb? Is that what our heart's desire is for? Maybe think about 
whether you're spending time making a name for yourself. How are you working together with God's people to glorify God? How are you working together with God's people? Because we see from all of those stories, the people being together was not a bad thing. Coming together, come let us. God himself says, come let us. It's good to do things together. How are we celebrating and encouraging diverse ways of glorifying God as well as celebrating and encouraging our own way of glorifying God? How are we celebrating that diversity? Now, we're going to sing that song, Salvation Belongs to Our God, again. So if I could invite the musicians to come up again. I want you to think about that scene that we just read about. All people finally restored, finally at peace, united with one another, singing in their own language, praising God. Now, if you... This is going to be a challenge and I'm not sure that anyone will do it, but I'm going to say it anyway. If any of you know the words of this song in your native language, can I encourage you to try and sing it in that language? Because I believe that's how you'll be singing it in heaven. If you can't, that's fine. But I'd love you to have a go. Please pray with me as we come to sing this song. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we come before you all different, yet united around one thing, your throne. Yes. Lord, we pray that you build us together into a temple, Lord, living stones, stones of your making, not bricks made by human hands, but your stones built together in a house of the Lord. Mm. We pray, Lord, that you would be working through us to fill the earth with your glory and people declaring the wonders of God. And Lord, we pray when you come back, Lord, come back and have many, many people filling the whole earth, declaring your wonders, Lord. And we can't wait for that day. We look forward to it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.